Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 67 of the High on Life podcast. We're going to talk about when weight loss feels lonely. Now, that's what I've titled it. I think you could probably extrapolate this and say when choosing healthy feels lonely, when choosing wellness feels lonely, when choosing rest feels lonely, when choosing self-care feels lonely. Like, you know, if you're not working towards weight loss, you're really working towards just being healthier in some domain of your life, whether that's mental health, emotional health, physical health, fitness, you can apply these same thoughts there. So I have coached several clients on this recently of just the sense of feeling lonely in weight loss. And several of them have felt like, you know, their family and friends just don't understand and they make insensitive comments, right? They're afraid that their friends are going to say like, oh, you're doing that again. You're trying to lose weight again. Like, or Like there's the judgment of like, oh yeah, you're on another diet or there's the flip side of like, you don't need to be on a diet. Come on, just live a little, like you can start that again tomorrow. Just eat it. Right. Like that peer pressure to kind of uh, settle with whatever the crowd is doing. And there's also been clients who have felt sort of isolated from their friend and family circles because there was this sense of commiserating over being overweight together right? Like that this was our mutual struggle. We're all overweight. We're all overeating. And now I'm leaving them behind, right? Like as I've had, I've had several clients feel like, you know what, I'm leaving these people behind as I'm trying to get healthier. This thing we used to do of over drinking and overeating together, like I'm not, not doing it with them anymore. And I feel like I'm leaving them behind. How do I reconcile that? Right. They used to be my food buddies, right? We used to always go out, we'd over drink, we'd overeat. And now I'm trying to do something different. And I'm saying like, I don't want to drink that much and I don't want to overeat. And that that's something that they have to reconcile, right? Because you're now changing the rules of engagement with your friends and family. I had another client who, you know, would go out with this friend and they would always split a bottle of wine together, right? Like they would split the bottle. And now she's like, I don't really want to drink anymore. And I don't really know how my friend's going to respond when I show up for dinner. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, not tonight. Right. Then I, and then that sense of now I have to open up this whole can of worms and tell her I'm on a diet. By the way, I'm going to speak to that. You never have to say you're on a diet. Never use that word. Never, it's never beneficial in any circumstance to tell people you're on a diet because you all should also should be thinking of it as being on a diet. But I digress. I had another client who was like, my whole family socializes around food. Like that is just what we do. We all get together and we eat unhealthy food together. Right. And so if I go and I'm like bringing a healthier plate or I'm making some different choices for myself, they're all going to be like, why are you not eating? You know, why are you, why are you on another diet? You can, you can eat it today. Like, don't worry about it. Right. So there's a lot of how do we stay true to our values, how we want to show up for ourselves when there's this outside pressure and this outside commentary. And sometimes it's real and sometimes it's perceived outside pressure, right? Sometimes it's just that we think we have this whole story in our head, like, oh, everyone's going to notice that I'm ordering something different at the restaurant. They're all going to be watching me. Like, as I, you know, make a request from the waiter, like 
truly, sometimes that is just not the case. Sometimes, most of the time, people are into their own world. They're thinking about themselves. They're not even thinking about you, but we create all these stories about what are other people going to think, right? We all have that. We all have the fear of judgment. We all have the fear of being different, of you know, being set apart from the crowd, that's normal, normal fears. We just have to recognize that sometimes it's perceived, sometimes it's real. So let's jump in. I wanted to offer you some of my thoughts and some of kind of the coaching points that I've supported my clients with. So hopefully this will be beneficial to you. So the first thing to recognize, my first point is you need to realize that your friends and family are not equipped to be your weight loss support system or to be your health and wellness and self-care support system. And how can I, why am I saying that? Because your friends and family have been conditioned with the same toxic diet culture beliefs that you have, right? Like they grew up in the same environment as you. They have all those toxic diet culture beliefs about like, oh, you can't eat that kind of stuff. If you're trying to lose weight, you can never eat ice cream, right? Like, oh, like you're having that and you're trying to lose weight or like whatever. They have those same messed up thoughts about food. And if you're trying to do things differently, especially for all of my clients, because I know all my clients are listening, right? All of my clients, we're doing things differently. We're teaching you that this is not about diet culture. We're like literally anti-diet culture and we're changing, we're reframing how you're thinking about this whole process so that you're doing it from a place of being empowered and self-loving and you're doing this because you care about you, not because you have to fit a certain aesthetic or you know, you're a bad person if you eat something. We're moving away from that. So you're learning to reframe how you're thinking about it, but your family's not on that journey, right? Your family and friends, they are not doing the work to reframe how they're thinking about this. And so they are just not the people to be your support system. Not only that, but if we look at the bigger picture of like, we're recognizing now obesity is a chronic medical condition. Obesity is a, a disease and it needs to be treated with like a whole multifaceted approach of psychology and behavior and counseling and medical treatment. You may be learning that, but your family probably isn't learning that. Oftentimes your doctor isn't even aware of that, right? Like, so you're, you're, you know, you're changing the narrative in your mind, but it's quite likely that the people around you are not there. And that is okay. It's just, it just reflects where they're at, right? They are not engaged in what you're doing, but it's just a matter of adjusting your own expectation that they can be your support system because they probably can't, which means you need to find another support system, right? You need to find a doctor who understands. You need to find a community who understands. You need to find accountability in the right places, but just don't have that expectation from your family and friends and you'll be good. Okay. So drop that expectation. The second point that I want to make is you need to decide that you're going to live for your own value system and not for someone else's. So let's say you, you know, you're one of my clients who always got together and you overate and you overdrank and with your friends. And like, that is just what you did. That was the fun that you had. You all commiserated that you were all overweight, but you also continued doing this behavior like that. I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. This is real life scenarios. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you know, maybe you can't, but for my clients, this has been very real. And now you're trying to do something different, right? They may not have the same value system. They may have a hard time with you changing the rules of engagement and changing how you're going to relate to them in this friendship and how, like what you're going to show up and do when you're with them. But that doesn't mean it's a problem, right? You may or may not lose people along the way. There may be some friends who are like, oh, you don't want to overdrink and overeat with me anymore. Like, I don't, I don't want to hang out. Right. Or they may not say that overtly. They just may, may not want to hang out with you anymore. Maybe it brings up their own feelings of guilt because they secretly do want to make changes, but they don't know how right? They don't feel supported to, so they feel guilty, so they pull away from you. Whatever. 
that may happen. It may also happen that they're totally inspired. They're like, oh, I'm on board with that. Amazing. You're not drinking a bottle of wine every night anymore. Okay, I'm on board. Let me let me do this with you. That could happen too. The point is you may lose people along the way. You need to decide, is your health still worth it? Do you want to prioritize the friendship or do you want to prioritize your health and well-being? Right? Like if it comes down to that, if that is the decision that you need to make, you need to be able to, to have like a firm stance on that. Right? This is where you have to have your own back of like, okay, if their value system is still to engage in certain behaviors that don't support my healthiest choices, are you going to have your own back? This is where the integrity piece comes in. What are your values? What is important to you? And what is the life that you're creating for yourself? And then knowing and be, being able to stand so confidently of like, this is the choices that I'm making for me, regardless of what everyone else around me is doing whether or not they're along for the ride with me, whether or not they're also making healthy choices or they're not, like no judgment, but you have to have your own back. No one else is going to stand up for you. You have to. I'm going to tie this into kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but I think this applies as well. This I, I think ties into like work boundaries and where we start to sometimes live for the expectations of sometimes not a healthy work environment. So for example, I, I coach a lot of physicians, a lot of physician women struggle with overworking because they believe, Oh, I have to say yes to that committee. I can't say no to doing that extra call. I have to do this because otherwise I'm going to be overlooked for my, you know, academic promotion. I'm needed. Like they need me. My patients need me. If I don't do this, like I'm letting down, I don't know, my patients or my workplace or whatever. So there is a lot of like these beliefs that cause us to not live according to our own value system of like, I need to care for myself. I need to be there for my self-care. And so we start living according to these outside expectations, someone else's value system. But here is the truth. I can guarantee that if you died tomorrow, your position would be replaced within a week right? Myself included. I am not so important. If I died tomorrow, my clients would all be sad for maybe a minute. Like they'd be like, oh, maybe they'd even not even be sad, but just be shocked. <laughs> like That's probably the reality. They'd be shocked for a minute and I love you all, but that is probably the reality. And then they'd all move on with their lives, right? Because all of us are replaceable. You are not so important in your work. No matter, you know, if you're a physician and you've got a roster of 20,000 patients, you are not so important that if you died, you couldn't be replaced. You're not so important in your hospital academic position that if you died, you couldn't be replaced. You're not so important in your corporate workplace, even if you're the founder of the, the, the company, that if you died tomorrow, you couldn't be replaced. And so if that's the case... You need to start prioritizing you because your company is not going to, right? Your workplace is not going to prioritize your health. They're just going to keep on having demands of you. I see so many clients who are like very successful in their careers, but the reality is they struggle with having, making the time for their own self-care. And then they're like beating themselves up over why they can't manage their weight. And it's like, well, because, you know, the reality is you don't, you're not fitting in time for caring for yourself. And that is a choice, right? I know it sounds harsh. I know it feels like it's not a choice. It feels like you can't say no. It feels like you have to live up to all of these societal and workplace expectations, but it, it is a choice and it's a mindset. It's so easy to overwork. It's so easy to say I'm too busy to prioritize my self-care. 
but then you're living according to someone else's value system and not your own. Okay. Point number three is some people are going to judge you and that is okay. Okay. So I had a client who her big fear was that as she, you know, stopped kind of over drinking and overeating with her friends, that they were going to judge her and think, now you think you're better than us, right? Oh, you think you're better than us because you're making, you know, you think you're making healthier choices than we are. So this was her fear. Now, whether or not her friends were actually going to think that is in question because it was a perception and it may or may not be the, the reality, right? So what I did with her is I was like, okay, what's the worst case scenario that you're envisioning in your mind here? So we went worst case scenario and she like framed that out. And then, and then I asked her, what's the best case scenario? Best case scenario is like, my friends totally jump on board. They're so inspired by what I'm doing. They like, they're like, oh, wow, you're having the courage to do things a little bit differently than what we've done before. Like that is inspiring. I want to be on board with that. And then we asked what the most likely scenario was. And she was like, well, probably some people are going to love what I'm doing and some people are not going to like what I'm doing. Right. That's the most likely scenario. So we were able to just kind of put her mind at ease where her brain was running off with like this, everyone's going to judge me. Everyone's going to think, I think I'm better than them, whatever. And here's the reality. As you are right now, everyone listening, as you are right now, there are some people who like you. There are some people who don't like you. And there are some people who judge you. Right? Am I, am I true? Like saying the truth? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you change, you'll be in the exact same boat. There are going to be some people who like you and some people who don't like you and some people who judge you. If you are going to be judged either way, what do you choose? Who do you want to be? If on either side of the equation, you as you are right now and you as you are in your future self, that optimized version of you, you're going to be judged. Who do you want to be? Are you going to like stay in fear of this judgment? Or are you going to just be like, yep, that is part of being human. I always come back to this, but you can be the president of the United States, the most powerful person arguably in the entire world and still have 50% of the world hate your guts, right? Isn't that crazy? So that is the state of being human. Half of people are not going to like you. Half of people don't like me. That's fine. Am I going to live my life in fear of what they're thinking about me and how they're judging me? I know that that, that like, that is a very real thing that happens. I, I deal with that too. I deal with like, oh, if I say this, like people are not going to like what I say. And then I filter. We all do it. But we have to just decide, like, I'm going to live according to my value system because you know what? Some people are going to judge me and that is okay. It's very normal because our brain wants us to fit in, right? We have this kind of instinctual survival wiring that wants us to fit into the crowd. We need to stay in our tribe because that's where safety is, right? Being in the crowd is safe. Being the person who's outside of the crowd, you mean like that's the person that gets picked off by the lion or whatever predator. So we have an innate wiring to want to stay in the crowd. And sometimes we need to choose to do what's uncomfortable and choose to be different. So that's my next point. So the next point is that it, being different is okay and likely necessary. So some of my clients will say things like, I don't want to draw attention to myself at the restaurant with friends if I'm asking for modifications on the menu. Like everyone's going to be staring at me. Everyone's going to be like, why are you doing that? Why not? I will tell you, I do it all of the time. All of the time I'm modifying the menu. All the time I'm like, oh, can you swap this out for this? Like, this is really what I want. The only difference between me and you is you have thoughts of, oh, that's so embarrassing. Or this means I'm on a diet. 
Those are your thoughts that make you feel a certain way about it. It makes you feel bad about doing that. You know what my thoughts are about it? My thoughts are, I love that I'm assertive enough to ask for what I want. I love that about me. I love that I value my health enough to be the person who's making the choice, right? Like, I love that. And so I have really empowered thoughts about doing that behavior, right? So that's the difference. Like the behavior is, is the behavior is not how you're, like how you feel is not because you are making modifications to the menu. How you feel is because you have certain thoughts about making modifications to the menu that make you feel bad, make you feel like you're standing out, make you feel like this is a problem. I have all these thoughts that I think I'm so empowered by doing it, right? So I do it all the time. My point is, it's okay to be different. You just need to manage your brain about that. You need to be confident in I'm being different or I'm making different choices perhaps than the people around me because I value myself enough to. And that feels great, right? So there's um, this quote from Alex Hormozzi, and it's related to like business, but I think it applies to so many things in life. And he says, you can't do what 99% of people are doing if you want to be in the 1%. I want to be in the 1%. Do you want to be in the 1%? What do I mean by that as it relates to health and weight management? I am going to just tell you some stats. And I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying this from judgment. I'm not saying this to shame anyone, but I am going to just give you stats of where we're at. So in Canada, according to StatsCan, in 2018, 26.8% of adult Canadians classified as having obesity, 30, another 36.3% classified as being in the overweight category. That, this is the, the statement from Health Canada, bringing the total population with increased health risks due to excess weight to 63.1% in 2018. And you can bet that that number is increasing. 63%, so more than half of the population having increased health risk due to excess adiposity. Okay. Again, not saying this to shame anyone. This is a sociocultural environmental problem. This is not an individual willpower problem at all. We need to address this. You know, the fact that obesity is rising in prevalence needs to be addressed on a number of levels, political research, like food sector, on all different levels and individual. So as an individual, what can you do? You can recognize that if you are trying to improve your health and you are trying to do things differently, you may be in a smaller sector of society at large. That's the reality. We live in a culture, particularly in North America, where health is not prioritized, right? Work, career, status, money, being busy, all of these things are prioritized in North American culture. That is, so, especially I live in the GTA, I think that is especially true in the major centers in Canada. Health is this thing that's just taken for granted until you don't have it anymore, right? And then we have a disease care system in Canada that offers many, many medications to try to address disease because we never prioritized health in the first place. I'm, again, I know this sounds like a harsh reality, but I need to say it as it is. Like that is how our system is designed. Our system is designed so that we overwork, we don't sleep enough, we distract ourselves with like Netflix and social media and overdrinking and overeating and, you know, temporary pleasure because we're overworking and not taking care of ourselves. And then we don't take advantage, like we don't care for our health. We don't prioritize our health. We prioritize all these other things. And then we get diseases. And then we have a lot of medications to try to treat those diseases. That is a problem. That's not how we're supposed to be, in my opinion. I'm just going to throw that in. So these are all my opinion. You can agree or you can disagree. I think we all need to recognize that if we choose to prioritize our health, when we choose to prioritize health, wellness, mental health, emotional health, rest, 
we will be living counterculture. And that means that we're going to be different and it's going to feel like we're a little bit on the outside. And that is okay. And that is necessary. So I want to celebrate you. If you are making some choices that feel like you're on your own, that feel a little bit lonely, you're probably doing it right. Okay. Next point ties to this is get comfortable with being uncomfortable because yes, does it feel uncomfortable to be on the outside? Does it be, does it feel uncomfortable to be that person who's like prioritizing self-care in a, in a hus hustle culture that's all about like, you're not busy enough, you're not working enough, you're not putting your kids in enough extracurricular activities, like every minute of the day should be programmed. If you are choosing to do things differently because you're like, hmm, I'm not really sure that at the end of the day, that's what life is about. <laughs> this is where I'm at right now. I'm not sure that that is truly what is meaningful in life is to have my kids in a billion extracurriculars and work all day and work all night and not sleep enough and then overdrink and overeat. I don't think that that is what I want. And I don't think it's what you want either. Cause I think if you're listening, maybe thinking along these same lines as me. So awesome. We're together in this. So let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I'm going to give you an example. I have decided currently, and I've shared this within my community, um, inside best weight that for this season of my life, I have stopped drinking alcohol. I will say I was never, I'm not a big drinker. I'm kind of one of these people who like will pour like a half glass of wine and then drink maybe half of that. And then like, I just kind of want, I like, like the taste, like a little taste. And then I'm kind of done with it. Like I'm not a huge drinker, but I did start noticing that after, um, I was in New Zealand with my family, you know, you're with family. I was with my parents, my brother was there. like my husband, my kids. So there's this hangout culture, right. Where we were just having a little bit more alcohol and it was summer there. So there's just, you know, for whatever reason we were drinking more. So I got home and I noticed every day at 5 PM, my brain was like, Oh, like it'd be nice to have a glass of wine right now after this hard day. And I just realized like, that's not what I want. I don't want to have to have a glass of wine to manage my hard day. It's just not a value of mine. I don't want anything external. I don't want, yeah, I just don't want external things to have to fix my internal environment. So I decided that right now I'm just going to allow the discomfort of like, yeah, I have some urges and my brain is like, oh, let's have that wine. And I'm just choosing to have a sparkling water and a nice wine glass instead. And so over the weekend, we were at the cottage and our first weekend up at the cottage and our neighbor invited us over and he's like, oh yeah, come over for a glass of wine. And I went into, oh, like maybe I should just have it this once. Like he doesn't know, like, do I want to get into this whole thing and tell him like, I'm not drinking right now. Like, and so I, I actually deliberated over this in my head. I'm like, oh, I should just have it. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm just gonna have one glass of wine that doesn't blow anything for me. But I realized like, why, right? Am I going to just like give in because I feel the sense of peer pressure. There was no peer pressure. There was no, like, you have to have this glass of wine. Like, why are you not having this? Like there was none of that. It was all self-created. This is where we have to recognize so much of our fear is, is perception. It's not even a reality. So there was no peer pressure at all. I completely created it in my head, but I had to work through that. And I just realized like, no, you know what I can say is no, thanks. I'm good right now. Period. And the end, there's no further explanation necessary right? So is it uncomfortable a little bit? Yeah. And is it also okay to be uncomfortable because that discomfort is aligned with my values? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So that ties into my next point, which is embrace no as a loving boundary for yourself. So a lot of you think that you need to explain your choices when you say no, thanks with a follow-up statement, like, Oh yeah, it's because I'm on a diet. Oh yeah, I'm trying to lose weight again. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know again. Yeah, I know I did this last year too. Yeah, I'm trying to do it differently this time. Like you feel like you need to justify your no. You do not need to justify your no. Even if people ask questions, you know the answer? 
I just don't feel like it right now. Thank you. With a nice smile. That's the end of the sentence and the end of the paragraph. The end. Thank you. <laughs> right? Don't get into the whole story about how you're on a diet and you're trying to lose weight. And yes, it is the fifth time you're trying to do it. Like, no, your no is your no. And you have to reconcile in your own mind that you're not saying no because you're on a diet and you're being deprived and you're so restricted and you're saying no because like, oh, and this no means you're, you know, you're so different and like from everyone else. And, and that means like you're missing out, right? Like you need to have reconciled in your mind that the no you're saying is the most loving no you can say. It's because you're honoring your body. It's because you're honoring your values. It's because you're making a, this choice that's harder potentially in the moment because this is the best thing for your, for your long-term health or your wellness or whatever decision you've made. So if you believe that you're saying no because you're restricted and you're deprived and like, oh, now you're on this diet and it sucks, of course that no is going to feel terrible. So you have to have that really compelling reason. And this is where like having your compelling reason for making change is so important. Whatever change you're, you're wanting to make in your life, like my compelling reason for saying no to alcohol or your compelling reason for wanting to lose weight, multiple compelling reasons, or just making healthier choices. Maybe you want to be more fit in your life. Maybe you want to get more sleep in your life. Whatever those healthy choices are, you have to have a compelling reason because that is going to require saying no to certain things. And when we lose sight of that, our brain is very conditioned to go back to thinking that we're saying no out of restriction and deprivation, right? Instead of, I'm saying no because I love that I'm making this choice for me. I love that this is the best choice for me and my body and my future. This is me prioritizing my health. This is me cre creating the future that I want, right? So saying no to the alcohol, saying no to the overeating habit with friends, whatever it is, no is loving. And no is actually you saying yes to the health that you want, saying yes to the future that you want. It's saying yes to the body that you want. Because every no is a yes to something else, and every yes is a no to something else, right? No to overeating is yes to improved health. No to overdrinking on Friday night is yes to the energy you want to enjoy your Saturday with your kids, right? Okay, my last point is put yourself in circles that inspire you. Support, community, and accountability are essential if you want to stay successful in whatever you're wanting to do right? Getting healthy, business, career, being a great parent, weight loss. I love our community inside Best Weight. Have the most amazing women. All of my women, I know you listen to this. I love you all. I love seeing how you encourage one another. I love that you're doing uncomfortable things together. I love that you are showing up for yourself. It's women who are doing it together, cheering each other on and inspiring one another daily. Last month, in April, we did a consistency challenge inside Best Weight. This month, we're doing a May movement challenge. And I have been so inspired by it. Like, it has helped me be consistent and show up because I'm seeing all these women and they're showing up and they're doing the uncomfortable things together, right? So find yourself and put yourself intentionally into circles that inspire you. It may not be naturally the circle of friends and family that you had. Remember my first point. They are not equipped to support you in the journey that you're going on. So find yourself a circle that can. So I'm going to close. If you are trying to lose weight and you're feeling lonely, you need to join us inside Best Weight. Our community of women is absolutely amazing. There's, I'm going to give you some examples. We have a client. She's a single mom working full time with twins, has lost 78 pounds this last year because she decided she was going to show up for herself and put herself first. So she did things like when her kids, when her girls were at extracurricular activities, she started walking the track at the community center, right? Like she had every reason in the world to be too busy, 
but she decided she was worth it and she made it happen. There are women inside our community who have never liked exercise. You know, they, they had all these reasons, like I feel uncomfortable getting sweaty and I feel heavy, but I want to be that person who's like fit and able to do these things in my life. And now they're walking minimum of 20 minutes every day and they're sharing pictures of themselves like smiling. And I just love seeing it because they're allowing the current discomfort because that's what leads to their growth and their long-term health. I love seeing that. There are women who are no longer binging every night because they've learned to nourish their bodies and take care of themselves and love themselves. So I want to say you are worth it. Trying to do this alone is so much harder. Inside Best Weight, you get the roadmap. Plus you get the coaching, you get the accountability, you get the community you need to really thrive in your health. So do not procrastinate on this. Okay. If you've been listening to me for a while and you've been like, oh, maybe at some point, you know, maybe, oh, I don't know. It's a lot of money. I don't know if I am worth, you know, investing. You are worth investing into. Your health is the biggest return on investment. It really is. So don't procrastinate. It just delays your success. I want you to book a discovery call. Go to my website, www.sashahighmd.com. I'm super excited to meet you. All right. Have a wonderful week, everyone. I will talk to you again very soon. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.